ready to sink your teeth into scripture and get a bulldog grip on its truth? Let's gnaw on some doctrine and get bulldogmatic. Here is your host. And, and if we're not thinking it through to its fullness, then I fear we would be guilty of neglecting the word, mm-hmm. even though we carry a big one under our arm. Right, exactly. And uh, talking, setting and talking about God's right. word right. As, as well. You know, the, the the Bible verse that says iron sharpens iron. Right. So, and you could unpack that for probably hours as, yeah. as, as well. But let's go on. He said, the, number two means of perseverance is obedience to duties. So Christians have duties. Now, that's probably similar to Christians, uh, the fruit of Christians. Right. The duty, if I ask you what the duties of Christians, there's probably a list yeah. so long that you could never exhaust it. But, uh, he, he goes back, uh, in quotes in 2 Samuel 11, 1, where David, where the battle was going and David set, uh, uh, his servants but he did not go. He stayed in Jerusalem. So he failed in his duties because the king was supposed to right. lead uh, right. in battle. So is is that leads to my question, which is, is there a sense of duty in the uh, present day church? I think there's much more a sense of privilege. It's an impact of our culture. We all want to talk about our privileges and almost nobody wants to talk about duty. Right. Uh, we we want to we want to think about heaven. We want to talk about how God answers our prayers, how He gives us the things of the desires of our heart. But but we never want to talk about what what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Um, what does that come out of? What do you, what do you think is that uh, come from like prosperity uh, preaching, or does it come from the, our privileged society that we're living in or probably both? I would say it goes deeper than that. It comes out of our sinfulness, which is essentially selfish, right? We want everything our way. Mm -hmm. The prosperity preachers are successful because people want that message. Mm -hmm. We see this, we see this in the proliferation in our culture of casinos, gambling, lotteries, Everybody wants everything, and they want it the easiest way they can get it. And uh, of course, we're gonna we're gonna have to ride this wave because you, you, there is no free ticket. Everybody thinks there is right now. Or a great number of people in our culture think there's a free ticket for everything. There isn't. The bill is going to come due after a while. Yes. And 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 the entire culture is going to be greatly impoverished by our current track, but it's our, it's our sinfulness. Mm-hmm. So we seek privilege. We seek prosperity because of our innate sinfulness that is never satisfied with, mm-hmm. with what God gives us. So we, we're, we set up self as our God our idol. So right. it's not, it's not what we can do. I sound like John JFK. It's not what we do for God. People want what can God do for me? Exactly, and 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 that's a that's that's one of the most 
That's one of the best political statements ever made, by the way, by John F. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Don't ask what I, what my country can do for me, but ask what I can do for my country. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing. Uh, and if we had more people saying that rather than, hey, hey, the government's here to give you everything you want, you'd have, I think we would have a more stable society anyway. But yeah, it's our, it's our innate sinfulness and it leads over even into the church where the church just becomes about what I get from church. And that's why we have church hoppers. That's why you have people that go from church to church. Well, we went to that church for a while and, and then we went to this church for a while and, and then we went to that church for a while. And it's, I understand, I do understand that, you know, for our church, let's take our church just as an example. I am interested as the pastor of the church in one thing, expounding the word. Mm-hmm. Some people are not going to like that. And it's not going to be because they don't, they don't like the word necessarily, but they just feel like the church should have something else. I can understand there's plenty of churches out there, but this church under my leadership is going to continue to pursue the word of God, the depth, the riches, richness of it, the, 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 the joy of it. Okay. So I can't, I'm not picking on people who necessarily go from a church A over to church B. I am criticizing the person who goes from church A to church B and church B teaches the exact opposite of what church A did. Then they leave church B and they go to church C mm-hmm. and church C is teaching the exact opposite of the other two. It shows they're not in whatever they're interested in. Mm-hmm. It's not God in his word or God in his truth, you see. And, and so I do think there's a great deal of that in the American church where it's, we've been so inundated by our sinfulness and our, 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 our pursuit of pleasure mm-hmm. that we've reduced the church to that same, the church exists to make me happy. I'm not happy in this church. I'm leaving. The church does not exist to make you happy. Right. It exists to give God glory by expounding his word and turning you through the preaching of that word right. into a disciple mm-hmm. who is following Christ through thick and thin, mm-hmm. not just through the good stuff. Right. It, I always cringe when I hear someone, and you hear it, unfortunately, way too often, um, say, I went to church today and I, I didn't get anything out of it. Right. Um, well, you're not supposed to get anything out of it. You go to worship God. Right. You go to give. You give worship right. to your Lord. You well, give praise and glory right. and lift up his name. Right. Uh, so if, if you will, yeah. I mean, you will get uh, well, well, pleasure you, from that because that's what Christians are, are. That's what we're called to do, correct? Well, yeah, I was going to say that, that there is a place. If a person says that. And that's, that's one of those tricky, many leveled things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, because I'm so strong on substantive preaching, okay, I can understand if a person says, you know, I, I didn't get anything out of church this morning. And what they mean is the sermon had no substance, no depth, no challenge. Mm-hmm. But I can, I can say that we probably have people who leave our church after a tremendous Sunday morning message and say, man, I really didn't get anything out of church. Now that person has issues. Okay. But you're right. 
you should have gotten the satisfaction of ministering to your brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. You should have gotten the satisfaction of being knowing that God was pleased because you were in his house, even if you didn't get anything out of the sermon. You should have gotten something from your obedience to God, the sense of, I have served the Lord today by mm-hmm. serving my brothers and sisters in Christ, by right. being in church with them. So, yeah, it, it is a tricky phrase, but but it can indicate, it certainly can indicate, as you're saying, that, that people just worry that all they want from the church is what satisfies me. I'll give you an example, which this is a statistical fact uh, that they've done with church growth stuff. The number one complaint or concern of people looking for a new church is the parking. Wow. The, the parking? <laughs> the parking. You, you know, well, how far am I going to have to walk? When I, when I park, how far am I going to have to walk to get into the church? Really? You're, you claim to be f- serving a Savior who walked everywhere, yeah. and you can't walk. I'm sorry. I'll get, Come on. You went to a Major League Baseball park. Do you know how far you have to walk around one of those things to get to your seat? Give me, it's three and a half miles for three hours to cheer people on who don't know you and never will know you. And wouldn't, and, and if you fell down and, and broke your leg and had to call the rescue squad on the way out of the ballpark, they're going to walk by you. They couldn't care less. Right. But you can't. You're worried about how far it's going to be to park mm. to get into. Come on. See, I'm I'm rambling. I'm now now I'm getting nasty. But that's that's a cop out. <laughs> well, that is know, a cop out. You know, people go there to be entertained, and unfortunately, that's a lot of people go to church. They want to be entertained. They want to be entertained, and uh, that's not what church is all about. No, and and you know, you made a great point. It used to be. I don't know if it's like this still. I don't think it's true of our church, okay? But but it used to be that if the pastor went on vacation, people stay home. Well, I can't, you know, I really like the pastor's preaching, and if he's not there, I'm just not. Well, you're going to church for the wrong reason. Right. You're going to church for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. Uh th- those are the kinds of things that you're 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 definitely pointing out that it's all about me. Mm-hmm. And no, I should be faithful to the Lord in going to his house when I know the message is going to stink, when there's a guest speaker, we have no clue how well he is or isn't going to do, mm-hmm. um, and, and a host of other reasons. You go because you've, God says, I want you to come into my house and serve your brothers and sisters. Which leads right into his final point. Uh, that the means of perseverance is Christian fellowship. And he gives the illustration of a live coal. Now, I think I've heard you give the same illustration. Did you want to give that illustration for us about the live coal when you take it? And- well, yeah, I, I just, I, uh, it's, it, again, this is probably something that a lot of people in the city don't know about right. unless they're watching Westerns. Yeah, but you take a coal out of the fire, it's gonna it's going to go out. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if it's a big enough chunk, even though there's more there to burn, it'll stop burning, right? Because it's feeding off the energy of the other coals around them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that's really all you need to do to put out a fire is just separate the coals and right. they, they'll die. They'll die. They'll die on their own. So there is this concept of, of we are encouraged, fueled by our fellowship. And again, a fellowship that 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 centers around the word of God. You have to be careful there because there are all kinds of fellowships we have. We have movie nights, etc. I'm not disputing that. Mm-hmm. But there also has to be those times of fellowship where you're you're sitting down, you're talking with a fellow Christian about the problems in your life, the struggles mm-hmm. you're dealing with, where you're able to say to the pastor, Pastor, I'm just really struggling right now with my faith. Right. Whether you're able to ask questions um, that that can be can be done. Whether you, where you're able to share some of the burdens you have that you can't share at work mm-hmm. because there are no Christians at work. Right. You know, well, there there might be religious people there, but their viewpoints differ so much that you wouldn't be able to share a, a heartache. Okay, so let me give an example real quickly with uh, so here's somebody who's really having a burden. They they have a real problem in their life. And one of their co-workers goes to a charismatic word of faith, don't say the wrong thing, church. Mm-hmm. This person cannot go to work and say, boy, I'm really going through it right now. <gasps> don't say that. Don't, don't speak that. Don't, don't, don't. And, 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 and I'm not exaggerating. When I tell you that we have had situations relayed to us recently, not involving our church, but people who who have friends, people in our church whose friends are tied up in these other churches and and won't even sing certain songs because they think it's going to unleash problems in their life. So the, the person who's having that struggle needs to feel like I can go to my church family and I can share this burden and they're not going to look down their nose and say, oh my God, how, why don't you have any faith? They're going to be able to be encouraged and counseled. And uh, when I say encouraged, not just hang in there, you know, mm-hmm. you'll feel better, but also mm-hmm. the encouragement of you need to be in church more often. Mm-hmm. You need to be praying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to be reading your Bible. And right. they can they can receive that kind of encouragement, you see. So, so I think it is vital that you, you be part of a congregation where you know we're all on the same page, and I can depend on them for encouragement and prayer. And somebody's going to come up to me and say, "Hey, how you doing? I heard been praying for you this week. How you doing? Mm-hmm. Man, what encouragement! What perseverance right. is provided by that? Exactly." Well, I pulled some, this isn't a quote from Dr. Ferguson, but I pulled these, uh, a lot of these out of what he said. Uh, of course, Christian fellowship is worshiping, uh, praying, ministering to one another, which you've been talking about, witnessing with others, and having so, uh, just having social interaction right. um, with one another on mental and spiritual. Uh, levels in the gifts of God's grace. Right. Um, so you can also say, uh, we were talking about duties. These, these are duties of the Christians right. uh, as well. This is what, this is what Christians are supposed to do um, right. in all these things. Uh, the question I have for you, what have we learned concerning 
social interaction and all of these duties of the Christians from the COVID lockdowns. Oh, boy. Well, there's no question. Everybody. Now, our church was different. We never we never closed. Amen. Uh, for those of you out there ready to stop listening or stop watching now, <laughs> um, we never closed. And I think... I think in hindsight, we made the right choice mm -hmm. um, because we didn't lose that fellowship. Right. Uh, there are people who left the church. I don't know if they're in a church anywhere right now because of the COVID stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but we did see that that kind of that kind of connectedness, that leaning on each other, the being able to force the frustrations and the fears of what was happening. Right. So, so the COVID definitely showed us a lot with a whole, whole lot of things about how we are less. And this is not just me and you talking today on this podcast. It's all kinds of reports out there from cool kids to other people. Their mental health was affected because, and, and we said this at the beginning, because what is the first thing about one of the first things the Bible says? It is not good for the man to be alone. Mm -hmm. And and we we've taken a position that says, oh yeah, we need to separate and 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 stay away and and not let people see our faces and and all of this. And it's just shown there's there's a brokenness there right. that we need we need each other. Now let me say one more thing about how we help others persevere, because what we've really been focused on is how do I persevere. But this thing about being in church with one another helps my brother or sister persevere. Right. Maybe I'm in a maybe I'm in a state where I don't have any problems right now, man. I'm just I'm full steam for God. Mm -hmm. Well, my my brother or sister may need me to give them that kind of encouragement, right. to be that kind of role model for them. Mm -hmm. See, so they they persevere, and and so again, it's back to I'm not just going to church for me. I'm going to church for them. Right. They need encouragement. Exactly. Now, I'll say this. <laughs> I keep saying one more thing, and then I, I say one more thing. Well, that's all right. You keep going. Uh, we, have, we, have, we are a small church, and uh, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't sensed it lately, so maybe, I, I'm, maybe we're moving past that. But there have been times in the past where you have one of those Sundays that for whatever reason, 30 people are gone. Now, when you have a when you have a church of 60 people and half the people are gone on Sunday morning, I've noticed there is the, there's a change in, in the atmosphere. Because even though people don't say it, they're saying it. They're, they're wondering, where's everybody at? Where's everybody at today? Not blaming the people because they were on vacation or they were sick or they were out of town. Okay. But I'm simply saying you can sense the difference. And again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to advocate that we just want people for the sake of people. I'm saying that when you have a body of believers and they've been interacting with each other for a period of time and suddenly half of them are gone, mm -hmm. you can feel the difference. And that in itself says the importance of being together and how my experience encourages. And what I've told people in the past is that never say, well, they won't miss me this week. It don't matter if I'm there or not today, because that'll be the very day that 15 other people say, well, it won't matter if I'm there today. Yeah. 
And, and you come in and it does matter. It does matter because, and, and let me give an example of how it matters. So John Doe comes in and says, man, I really need to be among the people of God today. And John Doe gets to church and half the people of God are gone. So the buoy, the encouragement that he needed and wanted was missed. Right. See, see, so it isn't just about me persevering. It's about how do I help my brother and sister persevere? Right. And we are to build each other up in the faith. Yeah, that reminds me of a meme I saw yesterday. It said, uh, it takes 90 gallons of, wa- uh, of water to baptize a believer and nine drops of rain to keep them from going to church. <laughs> that's, that's about right. That's about right. It's sad, but true. It's sad, but true. <laughs> Dr. of In a word of humor, uh, one of the things that... R- doesn't bother me as much now, but used to bother the daylights out of me about us wintertime and snowstorms. Because in our area of the world, it snows on the weekend. Okay. Yeah. 99% of the time, it's on the weekend. It's never on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. It's on Saturday night or Sunday morning, 99% of the time. And I used to, you know, fret about it. I don't fret so much, but. But one example I had years ago was it was they were calling for snow and somebody called me before the snow first flake ever <laughs> fell. And they said, are we have church tomorrow? Well, how can I tell you that? It's not snowing. I don't care what they say it's supposed to do, because that's another thing about we're right on the line here in the Shenandoah Valley right. where it, it goes north of us or south of us or east of us. And it's so, you know, they're, they're calling for 12 inches and you get an inch and a half right. perhaps. But, and so I just, I saw that as an example of someone that really doesn't want to be in church. Yeah. They, they give up before they even start mm-hmm. calling before it snows to say, are we having church tomorrow? Right. And someone who uh, I never did understand a Christian that does not enjoy going and having fellowship at church. Because if you don't enjoy that, how much are you going to enjoy having? Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a real well, conundrum. Yeah, it is. It's a real conundrum. Well, Dr. Ferguson uh, closes by, by saying, and this is a quote from him. He says, we are members of a body, and a body moves, lives, and grows together. Yeah. And uh, that, that's a great saying. That's a great saying. Well, Pastor, to close, let's, uh, could you give a, a, a quick word of application? Maybe there's a, a Christian out there struggling with Maybe they're, they've lost their salvation or the, the perseverance of saints. They don't quite understand what we're saying. Can you give them a word of uh, application on what we've said? Well, the, the summary that I would, would offer is that the hanged cling to that promise of God who says, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Right. I have decided that I'm going to do something in your life. No matter what it looks like just now, no matter how bad it feels, if you're truly mine, you're safe in my hands. Right. And if you have questions about whether I'm truly his, do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? Do you believe he's the only way to the father? Do you believe that, that, uh, he died for your, for your sins and that he has made full and final satisfaction? If you believe that, you're a Christian. Amen. And then you put your faith in God to bring you through whatever trial, whatever test uh, that you're facing and difficulty that you're dealing with. 
Right. He will not leave you or forsake you. And he's got you. Double guarantee. Right, right. Um, so if you go to the word of God, it teaches that you cannot lose your salvation. You cannot right. lose your salvation. We, 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 uh, we didn't get into the concepts and the details of it, but the, but the writings are explicit. Again, people fear that teaching because they think it's a license for sin. But if you've truly been saved, you don't want to keep living in sin. You don't want to keep offending God. You don't want to go back in a direction that you know is destructive. Uh, And I I don't find it a compelling argument. And I've had the discussion with many people through the years. Well, you're, you're, you know, we used to have a radio program. And whenever I touched on that subject, I had one listener who was guaranteed to write in and say, Pastor, I really, really don't like it when you talk about that. And we tried to have debates about it, but but uh, the scripture is clear. If you take the fullness of it, the wholeness of it, uh, that 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 you when when you're saved, when you come to Christ, it is it is. This is so very important. It is but one step in the plan God had for your life. Right. It, it's not like God's plan for you started then when you accepted Christ. Your accepting Christ was part of the plan. Right. And, and part of that plan is not to give you a chance to be saved, not to put you on spiritual probation, mm-hmm. but to give you life and guarantee that you won't lose that life. Amen. And if I could throw one more verse of scripture, Jesus said, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. For I did not come down from heaven to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And the will of him who sent me is that of all that he has given me, I should lose none, but raise them up at the last day. Now, please get it. Jesus says in that text that he is doing the Father's will. And the Father's will is that those given to Christ by the Father would not be lost. If I can be lost after I have been given to Christ by the Father, then Jesus failed to do God's will. And we know how impossible that is. That is. Amen. You cannot lose your salvation when you are truly saved. Amen. If you agree, let us know. If you disagree, let us know. Let yeah, us absolutely. know and come let us reason together. Amen. We we will discuss it with you. Pastor, God bless, bless you. Bless you, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bibles, Bulldogs, and Beards was brought to you by BibleBulldog.com. Purveyors of antiquarian Bibles, theology books, and other Christian items. Also enjoy hundreds of podcasts and sermons while you visit BibleBulldog.com. Visit BibleBulldog.com today.